Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Current events, local world news, and what's trending. It's the Monday morning show, Coffee with You. seven cause um, 
of um, homelessness, um, it becomes a vicious cycle. When someone ends up in the un unstable housing situation, it can be difficult to climb out of it. Securing housing can be difficult without current landlord references, credit checks, and a verified income. The cost of the first and last month's rent, turning on utilities, getting a phone, and furnishing in an apartment can see like an um, insurmountable issues to someone trying to secure, uh, to secure their next meal. The lack of, of basic life necessities leads to further difficulties, lack of proper nutrition and mental and medical attention can lead to major physical and mental health issues. Housing, housing first, understanding the causes of homelessness. Now, you know, mental illness, um, addictions, violence in, in the family home. And, you know, it's just to name a couple and, you know, the list goes on. So, you know, while there are many causes of homelessness, the key driver of homelessness um, is in the city of Toronto, you know, where the economy and the housing market rental costs have increased dramatically over the past 10 years and the lack of affordable housing has increased to record high numbers. Majority of shelter users receive the Ontario Works or Ontario Disability Support. However, social assistance rates don't respond to the local economic factors that contribute to the growing affordable gap. You know, it almost seems to me sometimes that um, we, we, we really did um, very little or nothing over the decades to, to curb the homeless problem across Canada. And when it becomes a crisis, It leaves, it leaves, you know, people who work in these social services, it leaves them scrambling. It leaves them with uh, less funding to help. And it becomes a lot harder to find people housing. Landlords have to be on board, you know, and now, you know, we're looking at building more affordable housing. But with the housing that we have right now, there, you know, there's a waiting list. And that waiting list could, could stem anywhere six to seven years. People who need housing don't necessarily have six to seven years. 
be waiting that long for a roof over their heads. They're going to take the most severe cases first, as it could be uh, potentially a woman um, taking her children from uh, a violent environment from the home, going to a women's shelter with her children, and um, you know, going through the process, you know, not just the uh, the, the the trauma of the situation, but now facing uncertainties of where they're going to live and where are they going to be safe. Now we've always seen this, you know, and. It concerns me as well. Um, the the truth about homeless people and their pets, and what we need to know. And, and if you see people, um, and you know that they're homeless, and you see them with a dog, and you may say to yourself, "Well, how can that be? You know, how's the dog?" you know, going to be able to survive when they're not surviving. Here's one fact that homeless people would rather sleep on the street with their pets than go into a shelter without them. So why do homeless people have pets? Living on the streets can be very, um, very difficult. Obviously, people act like you're in, like you're invisible, or worse, they want you to make yourself invisible. It's important to remember that homelessness is an isolating experience, and people who are homeless often have no support or love from family or friends. For some days and even weeks can go by without anyone acknowledging their existence or showing them kindness and affection and that they chisel away at one's already fragile state. Eventually people learn to survive on the street. But it is a scary place to be, especially when you're faced with adjusting to the, the new reality. A pet can be the one thing that gives them the courage to face each day. Their furry friend, often the only other creature in the world who seems to treat them with unconditional love and compassion. I get that. Having a pet to provide con uh, companionship, protection, and love can be a major uh, contributing factor whether someone survives or not. They are a lifeline for their owner 
and a source of courage, strength, and love for someone struggling to survive. Now, we ask ourselves, you know, can homeless people take care of their pets? It is a common misconception that homeless people can't take care of their pets. As an expert and huge advocate for keeping homelessness in their, in their pets together, not me, we can assure that people experiencing homelessness love their pets and will always find ways to provide for them. As a matter of fact, a homeless pet owner would rather sleep on the street than choose a bed in a shelter that doesn't allow pets. When it comes to owning a pet, people experiencing homelessness are not much different than people who are housed. They love their furry companions. Take, they take good care of them and treat them as family. So next time you see a homeless person and their pet on the street, put your worries to rest. The pet is well cared for. It's kind of, you know, a little bit, I guess, to try to understand because, you know, if the animal um, gets sick, you know, who's going to take care of that cost? Who's going to take care of the vet bill for that? You know, in the in the in the nutrition for the for the dog. You know, so me personally, um, I you know I understand. You know, this gives them some sort of comfort and and companion. Um, but either way, you know, I see it as, you know, it, you know, for just for helping with companion for, for the homeless person. But, you know, what is it? I don't see it, the benefit of what it's going to do for the animal if, like I said, if the animal becomes sick and needs a vet. You know what happens? You know, um, of course, you know, when it comes to um, homelessness, um, it's mental and, and uh, physical safety. You know, homelessness is a physical and mental um, threat to someone's well-being, having to care for, and that cares for them in return, is not only good for someone who is struggling with mental health issues, 
but it can actually make them physically healthier. A person feels a stronger need to take care of themselves because they are needed to take care of their pet. In cold months, their pet is a source of warmth and companionship. Not only does having a pet reduce stress and lower blood pressure, but it can improve immunity, a lower risk of stroke and heart attack, and um, um, ease physical and mental pain. The human kindness for pets of the homelessness. While those who are homeless often feel invisible to the rest of society, having a pet can actually help them feel enhanced. People are much more likely to socialize and acknowledge the homeless if they have a pet with them. However, we need to realize that it's not the pet who is homeless. It is the human. Once the owner has a place to call home, so does the pet. In that communities around and across Canada are working on solutions to homelessness. It's a long time coming to where, you know, it was just simply being ignored to a degree. Yes, we have a shelter for men and women to go to, supports, but the housing fell way behind. Trying to keep up with, 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 uh, with the uh, demand, you know, with uh, such a large city like, like uh, Toronto, excuse me, on every on any given night, there is over nine thousand homeless people in that city. So I mean, what would be what would be the first step? Maybe the person, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe the person uh, is homeless because, you know, they may not have uh, uh, an alcohol or drug addiction or mental issues. Use, um, end up homeless, age 13 to, to 25. They end up homeless for various reasons. Like I said, women um, in abusive situations end up homeless. And then, yes, you have the individuals who have addictions and mental health issues. 
And I mean, all, all these issues are, are, are so very important. You know, they all need to be addressed. You know, there are people that's been on, you know, the streets for, you know, a long period of time. You know, you know, 101, you know, life necessity. You know, being able to take care of yourself. Yes, they have access to, to medical and other, um, and medication and um, treatments. But then just uh, being on the streets, you know, just adds to their problems. You know, imagine yourself, you know, having a label. Such as a, a mental health condition. You know, and um, and then imagining you have an addiction as well with mental health issues. How do we help these people? And once we do get them housed. and keep them housed. Can be very challenging. Because of their addiction and mental health state. Some people manage their mental health issues by taking their medication. They're able to stay in their homes because the social services that are provided to them make sure that their rent comes off their checks and goes directly to the landlord. So they can remain in their homes. You know, others still in that situation with an addiction and mental health somehow keep falling through the cracks. They keep ending up homeless. Back in the, into the system, back into the streets. only to find themselves looking for shelter again.
and that's a, a another you know situation where it becomes um, a vicious circle. Now, supporting people, you know, this, this one little part of this article, you know, supporting people um, who are homeless with their pets. Um, They obviously, you know, have a place to to be able to get, you know, proper food for for their for their pets. Um, there's this person um, who was um, he opened up the first pet friendly shelter in Canada. His name was Fred Victor. Fred Victor had been a leader in offering supports to keep people and their pets together. We understand the crucial role that pets play in a person in a person's lives. We've seen many people come through our doors, buoyed in their journey out of the homelessness um, by the love of a pet. This homeless shelter that he operates is a safe place where people and their pets can stay together. And we also provide food, toys, um, uh, vet clinics, etc. The animals are a welcome presence, providing friendship and comfort to all the residents. And they really become in, in a, um, part of the uh, community. So, you know, but shelters. You know, they need funding, obviously, um, to um, keep operating. And this is a really great thing that this individual did. That he was able to open up this shelter that can keep the pet and the individual together. So, like this, um, this article on on um, the homelessness and it's huge. It's a, it's a huge article. I mean, you know, this is you know I covered uh, um, a lot of it um, last night, and now. Um, Again, some of it to uh, uh, this morning. I mean, this could potentially be, you know, like a four-part series because there is so much about homelessness that we don't know. So... Yeah, it uh, this this article is just um, it's just huge. So hopefully I can cover it in uh, in a four part series. Um, you know, and if not, 
I mean, at least um, what you've heard and what we've learned together. I mean, there's enough there to, you know, scratch the surface and try to understand um, why people end up homeless. Now, you know, with this pandemic going on, you know, from, from last spring's lockdown here across Canada, people losing their jobs, um, it's, it's really difficult for people who, you know, I mean, if you're making minimum wage and you lose your job because, you know, generally people making minimum wage are living paycheck to paycheck. So people, you know, our, our government um, has really, you know, stepped up you know, during this pandemic um, with the financial supports um, for, for Canadians um, who lost their jobs during the, the first initial shutdown. What's happening now, um, people getting behind on their rent and um, you know, the landlord's tenant board is, is playing catch up, you know, with the, with the tribunal cases. And, you know, now Ontario, here where I reside, is in a 28-day lockdown. But these online court cases going forward To, you know, where some people don't have access to the internet. They don't have access to, uh, to a, a computer in order to defend themselves in the housing tribunal. Which I think is appalling that they're even that they're, that they're even doing this. Yes, I understand landlords need to get paid. Our government is, is um, coming up with solutions for people, for landlords to apply for a supplement. And that the tenant be able to pay the other portion of the rent. But this is winter, and this is no time to be evicting people from their homes to, you know, the extent where they may not have a place to go, because that brings us to the hidden homelessness, and that's meaning that people are living with family or friends. Because they've been evicted from their homes because they're unable to pay the rent. And to hold these online 
virtual hearings, I think it's absolutely appalling because, like I said, there's people out there who don't have access to the internet. And I think that they could safely, if they're going to hold hearings, they could have appointments made in only a few a day. That is virtual stuff where people can't get access. And they'll need to get access to the social services out there in order them in, in order to help them stay in their homes. So that this that the uh, that discussion is going on here um, in Ontario. Um, if they should be holding these online uh, eviction notices. We'll have to wait to see uh, what the outcome of that is going to be. Because we certainly don't want to add to this crisis of homelessness. Where agencies out there are, are over, over, you know, there's just, there's not enough, um, social service workers out there to, you know, handle the caseload. And that's not just people who are homeless, but also people who are on, on disabilities and, and people who are on social assistance and people who have mental illness and people who have addiction issues. You know, that's, that's just scratching the surface. You know, back in 2015 and 2016, see, I didn't want to drive um, for a living anymore. And I decided to, do, um, to go back to school. Um, so Trios College here in Ontario and across Canada I took this one-year program on uh, a community service worker. I did my work experience in a homeless shelter here in the city of London. And, um, you know, it's tough um, as a male, um, to, to get into the social services um, spectrum in, in that world of employment, um, where it is, you know, mostly dominated by, by women. You know, you know, because, you know, women are more compassionate than men are. You know, men are supposed to be the harsh ones. We're supposed to be the tough ones. You know, but we do have compassion. We do have empathy. 
but we don't provide it the way women do. So I went back to I went back to um, driving, and um, from time from time uh, time to time I did um, you know uh, do some volunteering and that and um, you know hopefully after this pandemic is over you know I can. Uh, get out there, you know, on, on the weekends, you know, whether it's just a volunteer at a shelter or a volunteer at a food bank, you know, somewhere along that line, you know, I'd like to be able to go back and, 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 to, and to do that. But, um, you know, when you, when you see the people who are in these in these homeless shelters? You know they're not bad people. They have many problems. It's unfortunate. This is where they end up. They need our help, they need our support. The agencies that help them through through uh, homeless shelters also need our, our support and our donations. Whether it's a little bit of money, whether you're donating to a food bank, or whether you're donating clothing, you know, and especially now being winter, that hats, mitts, gloves, scarves, coats, you know, is always mostly appreciated uh, to these shelters. So we'll leave it here this morning, ladies and gentlemen. And um, like I say, this looks like it would be potentially a four part series, but you know, getting the message out there is important too, you know, um, and the awareness of homelessness here across Canada. So I thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me this morning. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. Let's get those thank yous out there also to our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses, our paramedics and our police and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out.
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Have a great Monday, ladies and gentlemen. Take care.